When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baseball family, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast where Sandy Koufax makes an appearance. We're going to talk baseball playoffs coming up and also a whole heap of milestones right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. We are super excited you're here, as always. And I got Brad over on this side today. <laughs> I did it right this time. It's very on exciting. your left, Brig. Yeah, on, your on left. my left, which I had to point. Anyway, don't worry about it. It's all inverted and it's complicated for those of you watching. For those of you listening, Brad is here. I am Brig. I am here. We're very excited to be here because there is a lot going on in the baseball world right now. And we need to dive right in to make sure we cover as much of it as possible. So let's talk about Chris Sale throwing his third immaculate inning. Brad, tell everybody what an immaculate inning is so we have the context moving forward. So an immaculate inning is when a pitcher strikes out all three batters, gets all three outs by strikeout, and not just striking them out but also on nine pitches nine strikes strikes them out so that that doesn't mean like um the first two you know one guy fouls it off and then the third guy grounds out no it's got to be nine pitches nine strikes three strikeouts it end of discussion now this doesn't happen as often as you would think but i feel like there's been more this year than you would think there's been quite a few just a bunch of random guys doing it um, but at the same time, it's been it's seldom enough that it's a big deal, right? It is a big deal. And it's such a big deal to have three in a single career that we had to go all the way back to the man himself, Sandy Koufax, before we could uh, find the last guy that did three in his career, entire career. That's crazy. That is like, that's insane to me that three of them. The only guys to have three ever, there's only two. And two. I wonder if it has something to do with um, the approach of either working the count, um, the ability of batters to foul a pitch off that they just flat out don't like, or, um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird to think that the only there's only been three or two ever to have three. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but I think above all else, I mean – evidence that chris sale is back right well and i was just gonna say that we went there for a while where he didn't show up and whoa there he is and then he was gone and it was this weird back and forth that honestly nobody knew what to do with and we there was always a caveat when discussing chris sale starts right there was always this little like asterisk you had to use when discussing like who's got the mound tonight well chris sale who are you gonna face chris sale well, mm, I don't know, but this Maybe. this is evidence. Yeah, yeah, but he's back, and 
Um, I think Boston is very happy about it because it could not have come at a better time uh, with with the playoffs coming and also having that terrible stretch that they had after the All-Star break. What was it, July into August, where they yeah. had once had the best the best record of baseball, and now they're holding on for dear life for a, a wild card spot. Yep. And I'm going to pull up the standings right now just so we can make it super clear. They are two games behind the Yankees for that wild card slot in the American League. So they're still well, so making they a cutoff. This, yeah, so they have the second spot, but they're, the issue is that now they're third in the AL East. Yep. And they're they're still battling for that spot because Boston, Oakland's not far behind. Oakland's only two and a half back. Seattle, by the way. Four and a half. half. That's right. Four and a half. So it's going to be a tight squeeze. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) It's going to be a tight squeeze moving into October through September. I mean, guys, ladies and gentlemen, baseball family, we have to announce that we are literally 30 days away from the playoffs. It is almost. We're going to talk about that actually a little bit. You leave me alone. Yeah, there's a basically 30 days away. (laughs) Last, we're in the last month of the season. How's that break? There you go. Oh, I love it. We're in the last month of the season. You, the man. (laughs) Check out the big brain on Brad. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the Mets. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Mets. Okay. So, so the Mets have now played well either because they're leading, my drink. The, <laughs> they're leading the terrible NL East for a long time, right? Like the yeah. Mets were on top of the division, looked like they were going to run away with it. Well, not so much anymore. They've gone on their typical Mets losing streak. Uh, they're yep. metting the bet, if you will. And uh, the Braves have gone into first place. But the fans have taken exception to it. The fans have taken exception to the way the Mets have played. And they started booing the players. And Brig, why don't you tell them what the players did back this weekend? Well, they got mad, Brad. So they're using the thumbs down to to boo the fans from the field. Yeah. And it's <laughs> well, we all know the thumbs down thing in New York is like a thing, right? Yeah, so, it is apparently a thing. It, but. It started a couple of years ago. For those of you that don't know, you should go look at it. Go look it up. It's a big deal. Um, and when Todd Frazier was playing in the for the Yankees, it was an even huge, much much bigger deal. But it was, now yeah. it's become its own thing. It's totally different. The whole culture has shifted. But only in New York are you going to see consistently booed players from their own home fans. And only in New York will they do it as soon <laughs> They well, they'll do it in Philly. Fast. They'll definitely do it in Philly. And this is one of the things that that uh, that I wanted to talk about with this is that the owner came out and said, like, the fans have the right to boo, which I think is right. You know, that the yep. fans have their the right to voice their displeasure, whether it's through booing or controlled heckling, right? Just don't throw things onto the field. Don't throw things and don't involve anybody's family or Right, things, right. Don't like, run on. Don't it, run onto the field. Yeah, that's stupid. I, I, that seems like it's been a thing this year. I know like, a that's lot. A, What's yeah. the deal? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyways, but at the same time, the players, if they want to, I think they can show their displeasure back. Like, well, we don't like that. 
and granted, like Derek, there's a quote that came out from Derek Jeter. I think it was in 01, 04, something like that, where he had said, yeah, they should be booing us because like his batting oh, average yeah. actually dipped below 200 that very day. And he's like, yeah, yeah I've been playing terrible. I should be playing better. And two years ago, Bryce Harper was getting booed in Philly. He's like, yeah, I deserve to be booed. I've been playing horribly. Try you know? I forgot about but at that. the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like you can boo a guy who is hustling. who You can see is trying. He just happens to be on a string of bad luck. Like, I'm a huge Javi Baez fan. I'm going to defend the guy. Me too. Like, I don't think there's many guys in the league who hustle more than he does. No. When and with stops, the Nash. <laughs> when he stops, like, swimming around tags and sliding around and everything like that, then boo him because you know he's not hustling, right? Yes. But in the meantime, it's, like, just a bad stretch for him. Francisco yep. Lindor, on the, other, on the other hand, has had a terrible year. Boo him. Boo that guy. Yeah, be great to boo him for sure. Yeah. It makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you can't. I don't feel like you can boo the collective, but whatever. That's just me. But, no, I agree with you. It, it, but it is a team effort, right? And so, yeah, I, I don't know. But they're booing, and in these particular instances, like whenever they see a certain player, and this is what's so interesting to me. Talk about like sociology, right? This is so interesting. Group think they are booing. They've chosen Javi Baez as the target, right? Yeah. Now, is that because he's the new guy? I don't know. It's interesting. Is that because he's uh, got so much style there's maybe a target on his back? Could be, right? Is, mm-hmm. it because, is it because he's there's so much expectation for him to have done so well? And bing, bing, bing. It's, that's what I think it is. That's what so, I think, yeah. He's a victim of his own success, right? And so he is mm-hmm. judged at an abnormal scale, right? There's yeah. a different level of expectation. So there are different levels of judgment. And that's just the way groups think. So what I think is unfair is that he's judged differently. But I also think it's unfair. Well, I also think it's flattering. It is. Because if they're booing him at a bad stretch, that shows how much love and hope and you know, whatever that they've put into Javi Baez that they want more from him and he's unable to give it. If, if, I mean, if you want to turn that on its head and be super resilient about it and talk about hunting the good stuff, I mean, that's how you do it. Yeah. And I could see that, but, and I could see the frustration for the fans too. Like he was supposed to be the trade that came in and really helped write the ship. Right. Because they've been struggling for a while since before the trade deadline and, you know, if Javi Baez is supposed to be the guy to come in and like, okay, fellas, this is what we need to do to win. This is, these are the things we need to be doing that we're not doing right now. And it's not happening. Nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. I can see that. You know, if they, if they did the whole Loki thing, your savior has arrived. Right? <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> and nothing. You know, well, so. so, okay. So it's interesting because in the other side of town, uh, the ship was sinking in the Bronx, I mean, it oh, was yeah. going down, and then Anthony Fast. Rizzo gets brought in, and we're like, "What?" And now look what happened. So, for all of you out there going, "Well, one guy can't change everything," I'm like, "Yeah, it can. Like one trade, one move, one clubhouse authority. You know, there's a lot that can go into one personality shift on a team. A lot, yeah, and it's, and I mean, 
I know they brought Gallo in and he's played well as well. Super well. Yeah. But at the same time though, there was a I feel like there was a culture shift that went on. There was something about the confidence something. of that team that was changed when that trade was made. And it's been it's been night and day. It's crazy. Do you know what I think it is? Can I just can I just assert my opinion here? Do it. I think that Rizzo came in and there was a bunch of energy, obviously. And some hope and expectation, whatever. But then Luke Voigt comes in off the D or off DL, IL, whatever we're calling it this, this yeah. year. He comes okay. off the injured list and he goes, uh, excuse me. And I think a lot of those other players who have been with Luke Voigt for the last couple of seasons said, you know what? We are better than this. We aren't the baby anymore. What we need to do is step up to the plate and be the New York Yankees and not the baby bombers. Because we're sick of that. I think that's what happened. And I think that they're rallying behind the little scuffle that's happened, not necessarily between Luke Voigt and Anthony Rizzo, but because of the conflict naturally between those two players. And I wonder if maybe there's some of that uh, mature maturation that's happening with the team where they're like, no, nah, we are we are better than this. Um, yeah. And we're going to rally behind Luke Voigt's energy to show the world that they're better than this. I don't know. That's what I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's it's a combination of things that have gone into this, and it's been a complete 180 for this team. I mean, I had him dead in the water, but then yeah. and, and you were like visibly upset about the deal I'm... that it's like that there were no long there was no long term vision to go along with this. No, but Brian Cashman seemed to have had something in mind when he did it. I can't. I hope. Was this and it wasn't just baseball card collecting said last time, <laughs> and, then it ha- and then it happened to turn out right. <laughs> yeah, and it's possible that that's what it is. Still, I, who knows? I'd love to give the guy all the credit in the world, and I think maybe from now on I have to until his next boo-worthy opportunity, and then I will join the royal we and boo him some more because that's what we do as Yankees fans. But let's move on. <laughs> the Athletic League. The Athletic League has Atlantic League. Me, the Atlantic League <laughs> has moved the mound back, and it is no longer sixty feet six inches. Now it is sixty-one feet six inches. So it's a one-foot move back, and uh, honestly, the results. Brad, what do you think of these results? Well, I did think it was interesting. Um, I know you did. <laughs> I think, I think pitchers are a more risk for injury first off. Like, I think that this is not a good idea. I've never, we called that early. Yeah. Yeah. But saying that the whole time. Yeah. I don't know that they've seen anything yet with that, but this is what they have seen. Um, so batting average went down. This is over the course of three weeks. Batting average was down two points. Slugging was up seven points. Runs per nine was down 0. 0.8, 0.08, not even 0. 0.8, 0. 0.08. Um, hits per nine was down 0. 0.21. Home runs per nine were up 0. 0.09. Walks per nine were down uh, almost 0. 0.4. Uh, strikeouts per nine were up uh, 0. 0.05. And uh, that says to me, there's no reason to move the mound back. 
Zero reason. These are these are marginal numbers, bro. Yep. Yep. I I did expect more offense. I thought there would be more hits, more more home runs, more extra base hits. Slugging I thought would go up. For sure, slugging for sure. It's negligible because yeah, I feel really like that is. first three weeks is more of an adjustment for the pitchers than it is the hitters. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's any reason to do it. And we've seen it just in three weeks' time. That's so how long are they gonna keep sampling this? I think they're gonna do it at least the rest of this year and probably compare data. That's what I thought. Um because it, it is a process to move it back to where it's supposed to be. I did For see sure. a video. Did you see that video that where they, uh-huh. they moved them out? Yeah. yeah, like they like they soak it in ice and then they cut around, cut underneath, and they pick it up and then move it back a little bit. Um, I think it's too labor intensive to do it again this season. Uh, yeah. But I think they'll do it in the off season and everything. I think it's going to stay at sixty feet six, six inches. Um, I think that's determined to be the perfect distance, and that's that's where it's going to stay. You don't say. Yeah. Right. Ah, uh, I'm shocked. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if they really wanted to, they could lower it a little bit again because they've they've messed with that over the years. They've gone up and down with it, and I think I think if they're going to mess with it, that's what they should do instead of moving it back. Like if if they wanted to create more offense, drop it down three inches. In my yeah. Opinion. Well, and they've played with the height mm-hmm. a bunch yeah. over the years. Oh, yeah, they've gone I up mean, and down over the years. Um, I think yeah. it's higher now than it was even when we were kids, if I remember right. Yeah, but, something like uh, that. It's what it's eighteen inches now, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Believe no, so. I don't. I I think they should leave it though where it's at. Things are fine with no sticky stuff. Offenses. Is, is evening out and we'll see though we'll see as it cools down see what happens at the rosin yeah when it cools down i was just gonna say that that's exactly right i am really interested to see but honestly having a more environmental shift on the effects of the baseball is gonna be better that's for a guy like me who's more traditional that that will be you know shift shift with the seasons right shift with the environment and the ambient the conditions rather than uh, something that everybody can take 100% control of, or only those who are willing to cheat, I should say, right? Yeah. So the mound something is that, 10. The mound is 10 inches above field level. It is right now 10. Yeah. 18 was really high. I was like, wait a second, that's like a lot. <laughs> I thought it was 18. I don't no, know why I thought it was 18. That's is the, the rubber um, 18 inches wide? The rubber is uh, 24 inches by six huh. inches. Um. Let's see here. 18 Something about 18. <laughs> I think it I might be the home plate. Is the that home plate? plate is, home plate might be um might be as wide as the uh as the, the rubber. But mm. well, I've just know. outed myself successfully. Thank you very much. <laughs> home plate is 17 inches wide. There it is. It's not 18, but I want to take the win because I said so. And plus, if you add if you add the black. The black. Is that 18? That's 18 with the black. See? Okay, let's move on. Okay, <coughs> They've released the postseason schedule. Yes. Thank you for reacting. Hope everybody in their cars on their commute reacted the same way Brad did. Yes. We are so excited. I just woke up my kid. It's a, th- <laughs> it's a thing. The dog is yipping in the background. 
The kid is awake now. That's how excited we are. I hope you're having the Brig same got a dog, by the way. Brig has got a dog. I now. did. I finally got a dog. It's about time. Talk about current events. Holy moly. We just glossed right over that last week, didn't we? My goodness. Yeah, yeah I got a dog, and it's the best thing ever. Okay. <laughs> Not it as in the dog. He is terrific, but it having a dog is the best thing ever. Okay. There we go. Um. G- uh, October 5th, not June 5th, October 5th. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. No. The AL wild card will be on ESPN October 5th. October 6th, I love when they do this. The NL wild card will be on TBS. Mm-hmm. Both cable stations, right? Regular old cable stations. Mm-hmm. Um, on October 7th through the 14th, the ALDS and the NLDS will be playing between any number of channels, FS1, TBS, and MLB Network. Okay. Then the ALCS and NLCS, the championship series, will be between October 15th and the 24th. They will be on Fox, TBS, and FS1. Um, and then the World Series is going to be October 26th through the 3rd, should we need that much time. Every bit of it's going to be on Fox, and our main man's going to be there calling the game. I'm sure. Oh yeah, Joe Buck's going to be there the whole way. For um, sure. Something fun that you can expect with those peppered throughout is I think that the people could expect more live streams, right, Brick? From us? Yes, from us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for we'll sure. Be there. Yeah. We got so much positive feedback from the last time we did it. That we, mm-hmm. how could we not? I mean, it was it's exhausting. True. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so tired even the next day. <laughs> we were like, who does this? I'm like, well, we're looking at even Joe Buck and John I Sterling. Was say, and, did your respect for Joe Buck go up at all? It went, it went through the roof compared to where it was, right? <laughs> and I think Joe Buck, you know, anyway, I, we've talked about Joe Buck. But um, I got no issue with Joe Buck. But <laughs> the the respect level went just through the roof and we had each other there you know it wasn't like we were flying solo like vin scully did in the back in the day and uh i'll never be the same but we're gonna try it again and hopefully maybe the wild cards for sure um i think would be fun yeah i think i think one of the wild cards i don't know if i can do two days in a row that's a lot break that's exhausting it's a lot let's do the fifth should we do the al (laughs) wild card Let's let's plan on the AL wild card because we could have one or both of our teams there. Which reminds me, Brig, uh, that something else we left off last week is we have our little—I uh, don't know if it's a wager or a challenge that we talked about. Remember? Oh yes. So, oh, I forgot about. Yeah, we got to tell everybody about this. Okay, so this is ladies and gentle on. people. La- <laughs> ladies and gentle people, exactly. So we decided since both of our teams are in the wild card hunt. Whoever's team does not make it to the postseason, whether it be via wild card bid or a division title, uh, that person or people could be both of us if the could Yankees fall out of the race. Uh, we'll have to get a pie in the face. Uh, so this is the current wager at the at the moment. I guarantee you there will be others that will take place during the AL wild card live yeah. stream as well. There will be odds, there will be shenanigans, and it will all be a good time. And this is the first little piece of content that goes along with that. Giveaways, what all kind of stuff. We're planning all kind of stuff. So, yeah. It'll be a regular hullabaloo. A hullabaloo. That's right. 
And should we be in person, it would likely devolve or evolve, depending on your frame of reference, to a uh, Donnybrook. There you go. That's right. Especially if both of our teams were present in the wild card game, you'd have yourself a regular old Donnybrook there. I'd have a scrap. I'd have a scrap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, while we're talking postseason, let's let's do a little one of these little switcheroo things. Switcheroo. Let's talk talk wild card race. Wild card race, real quick, Greg, because we talked about it a little bit um, about. So we got you got the Yankees leading the AL wild card, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so good for you. And, Thanks, bud. And then, <laughs> they've got two games on the Boston Red Sox at this point, and then That's the A's are two and a half yeah. back. The Mariners are four and a half back, and the Blue Jays are still hanging in there. They're five and a half, and then you got the Indians nine back. They're not going to do anything. Um, I don't think the Blue Jays are going to make it. They still could, um, but they they've got a lot of ground to make up. Got a nope. Lot of ground to make up. Nope. So nope, nope, nope. Not a favorable schedule during that time either. Nope, I'm nope, sure. nope. <laughs> okay, let's go over to the National League real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got the Dodgers, who are eighty-two and forty-nine, and a wild card team. How about that? Only can you believe that? Just, just hold on a second. Eighty-two <laughs> and fourteen, uh, and 49. they're in first place for the wild card. They've got twelve games on the Reds. So, oh, real my... quick, Brig, with that. No. So they are only. Um, they're only what, like two games back, two and a half games back of the Giants. They're not out of reach. I mean, no, I know the Giants no, are no, the no. best team in baseball all season long, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of faded a little bit down the stretch and the Dodgers pulled ahead. The Dodgers haven't been great; they've been kind of up and down. But that's a veteran team. Yeah. Right. And I know the Giants have yeah. veteran leadership. Don't get me wrong; they've got Chris Bryant, they've got Buster Posey. That's enough to lead a clubhouse, in my opinion. It is. But the Dodgers plus the picture the bottom, of though. Max Muncie, they're throwing darts at in the clubhouse. Well, there's that. I don't blame them. I'll be honest with you. I I just made that up. I don't know if that's true, but I <laughs> I can see it being true. <laughs> well, the, I think the guy who'll be throwing darts at that picture is in Arizona now, though. <laughs> yeah, he is. He took the picture with him. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. And a lot of good it's done him. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah. then you've got the Reds in second place currently with the Padres just a game back. The Cardinals two yeah. and a half back. Phillies. The Cardinals and Phillies have not been consistent enough for me to think that they're going to do anything. Even two and a half no. back, I don't feel like they're going to catch catch anybody. That it's it's up to the Padres and the Reds. It and is. I think the Padres, if they figure something out in the next month, yes, got man, and they canned Larry Rothschild and everything. So we're going to see what happens after some in-house changes, deep in-house changes. I mean, pitching coach on the field every day—that's a huge influence. Well, so. Let me tell you something about the pitching coach here real quick, Brig. So I've watched the Rangers a lot over the last month because they've been playing the Mariners. Yeah. And I watched them a little bit yesterday. We'll get there in just a minute. Um, but their pitching coach, I don't know what he says to his pitchers when he goes out there, but it works every time. He can yeah. go out there with the bases loaded with nobody out, and the pitcher will get out of it unscathed every time. You, it's the, current, the guy that replaced Larry. No, this is the Rangers. This is the Rangers I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That this guy, I'm telling you, I don't know what he says to his pitchers, but whatever it is, it works. You know what? It, I, you, it I know what time. he says. What's that? The have to. <laughs> you got I mean, the have to. You got the have to. It's not complicated. I don't know. 
I don't know. What the heck is he talking about? <laughs> it for those of you that don't know what the have to is, there's this terrific documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh called Rookie of the Year. It's a wonderful documentary about baseball. And they explain the have to. So we go out and kind watch of. it. You kind of explain kind the of. have to. Yeah. Well, it's the best explanation I've ever heard. Yeah, nah, that's true. That's a but good That's point. what he's coming out and saying. That's got to be it. It's the have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Now, before we go into break, real quick, I thought this was an interesting conversation break. So I, I said just now I've been watching the Rangers. So I watched the Rangers and the Astros yesterday, Sunday, while I was waiting for the Mariners to come on. And Jordan Alvarez hit the foul pole. Okay. Home run hit the foul pole. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to set this up for you, Brig. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he hits the foul pole, and it's obviously a home run. Now the broadcasters brought up an interesting point. They said, you know, in football, high school, college, NFL, if you hit the upright and it bounces out, it doesn't go in the middle. It's no good, right? It doesn't just have to hit; yeah. it has to go through. And so what he said, because the ball hit the foul pole and then it went into foul territory, and so he said, how come? In baseball, if the ball hits the foul pole, it's a home run regardless. Rather than into the foul territory, it's a foul. Play it if it comes back in play or a home run if it goes into fair territory. What are your thoughts on that, Brig? Well, if if you hit a looping grounder and it hits the foul line just beyond the bag, it's fair. Right. I would imagine the same rule applies at the foul pole. But why? I get. I mean, I know hit why. the line and to, it's fair. Yeah, exactly. So and and here's the thing. I was, I was trying to play devil's advocate, but like knowing what I know, <laughs> about like, dang I it, can't because it's like. <laughs> but here's here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Greg, this is the specific reason why. Because the foul pole is out of play. The foul. Well, pole then why is the, is the foul point. line not out of play, Brad? Because it's in the field of play. The foul pole is beyond the wall. Every foul oh. pole, like here's a visual description. Here's my cell phone. This is the wall. Every foul pole. No, I understand, pole I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that are listening, Brad play. just showed me his finger. I did. Um, we... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something though. If it so this I'm gonna take your argument and use it. Okay. So if yeah. it's got to go beyond the wall uh-huh. to get to the foul pole, it's a home uh-huh. run. Yes, that's the point. Is it has to clear the wall. It's hitting, it's hitting the foul pole, which after. is an object out of play after it has exited play. That would be like successfully. <laughs> successfully. So it would be like hitting a ball at the trough, hitting the catwalk, and then bouncing back into play, or hitting the bleachers and bouncing back into play. It's the same concept. It's same just thing. that it's a, it's an established line right yep. there that is out of play and that if it hits it, regardless, like you said, if you get hit a blooper down the right field line and it barely hits the chalk, that's a fair ball. Fair ball. Yep. So there you have your answer. There you go. For those of you that were worried or at all confused. It makes sense. I thought it was an interesting conversation for broadcasters that they weren't, I don't know, aware of, 
the placement and the rule or something. Or maybe huh. they were just having conversation. I don't know. Either way. Well, there's a lot of that. There's plenty of that going on. And it's totally <laughs> yeah. okay. It is. <laughs> and well, let's take note, a quick break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some milestones. We've got 10 or 11 milestones uh, that we've been reminded of because of Miggy. And we want to get into those next. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two. Three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball shirts at 9plusss.com. Welcome back, baseball family. So like Briggs said before, we had Miguel, Miguel Cabrera just hit his 500th home run. Uh, and we talked a little bit about milestones last week because of it, mostly just the home run thing, but we thought we'd go a little bit deeper into the subject or into the topic this week, um, talk more about some some more milestones and kind of give some perspective as to what some of these are, what they mean, and the one like really some of the ones that are really untouchable, right, that yeah. we have guys in the league who just aren't going to get there just yeah. because of the way the game's played now. But for, But – the whole thing though got us thinking, like, because we're looking at these numbers and it's like, what is a milestone? I mean, what what does it mean for somebody? Because because you look at home runs, you've got guys like, oh, he's going to hit his two hundredth, two fifty, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, and we specifically with the home runs wanted to do five hundred because of Miggy, right? But then yep. there's hits, you know, like you've got guys who are about to hit fifteen hundred, <clears throat> two thousand, three thousand, and three thousand seems like the, the place to be because it's elite. it's the pinnacle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what is it exactly that makes for, like, the top milestone, right? I mean, I, I guess it would be the ones that are reached by only the elite, I think, would be one of them. Right, Brig? Well, that's what I would say. You know, I think, like, nobody – I mean, people were counting stolen bases before Ricky Henderson, obviously. Right. But then after Ricky Henderson, people were counting bases in a whole new way. Right, counting yeah. stolen bases. It just he modified everything. He adjusted all of baseball's paradigms around that that particular milestone, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's it it like you said, it has to do with the elite. It has to do with people who do that better than anyone else. And it's most exciting when new and ridiculous, seemingly ridiculous feats are reached. If you consider uh, this all-time strikeout leader, right, at, mm-hmm. from a pitcher, <clears throat> you're never going to catch Nolan Ryan. Right. Yeah. You're just never going to catch him. But that's why it's vaunted. So then you're like, okay, well, how do we break that all the way down? We'll get into that later. But w- the point is there are certain things that put you in the substrata beneath Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson to figure out where you land. And Randy Johnson's got like thousands of strikeouts fewer than, mm-hmm. uh, isn't it somewhere in the 25 to 300 or 3000 range. And then, uh, 
Nolan Ryan's in 5,000 territory. It's I nuts. Think so, yeah. Well, and it, it helps that he pitched for three quarters of his life. Yeah, you know, well, on for sure. <laughs> three quarters of the, his whole life, not just no, his life I'm, up to that point. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the fact that he struck everybody out he faced. Just everybody. Swan. We talked about mm-hmm. that before. So, yep. anyway. No, ex- I think you're right. I think that it it's hard to say what makes a milestone. And with a sport and a culture that's obsessed with its past and and only focused on its future – so far as it reflects its past, it's really interesting to to examine some milestones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with hits. Let's get in get in here with hits. So first we have um, we have the three thousand hit club. We have um, I mean this hit this club has thirty two members already. Roberto Clemente finished his career with exactly three thousand. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's like. I sure I'm glad that he got that last hit, right? Because he needed to. He deserves yeah, it. Yeah, um, he does. But you've got guys like, a lot. like Tony Gwynn, obviously. Alex Rodriguez. Ichiro is there for sure. Um, we've got Pete Rose at the very top with 4,256 hits. But the next Thank guys, you. Miggy Cabrera could get it this year. I don't know if he's going to. Um, he'd have to have a pretty good uh, September because he's got 2,961 career hits. 39 to go so i yep. think if he doesn't get it this year i mean obviously he'll get it in like april you know like day two next year probably yeah because <laughs> he's right. gonna be that close <laughs> yeah he is you know, one of the best hitters of this current generation and so that's a big deal um the active leader actually now that uh digressing for just a second is albert pujols with 3295 so you can take him off the list as far as guys who are coming up next but Behind Miggy, active. Next is Nelson Cruz. He's got yep. 1,886. <clears throat> and then Elvis Andrews, 1,841. So Nelson Cruz is 41 years old. He's not going to get it. Uh, he might get to 2,000. It depends on what his career looks like next year. Maybe. You know, because he was kind Maybe. of a, a late bloomer. He got busted for PED, so he had to miss most of a year for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so that... There's a lot that goes into Nelson Cruz, but Elvis Andrews is actually younger than I thought he was. Uh, turns out he's um, he's what he's he's 33 years old. Uh, seeing him in green in Oakland made me think that he was like 36, <laughs> 37 even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. seems like time passes a little bit differently in Oakland. Uh, it might be that stadium, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> he aged All the like love. four years. All the love, Oakland. I loved my time at the Coliseum. I loved it. There you go. But it it reminds me of, um, sorry for another Marvel reference, but it reminds me of uh, (laughs) Thor Ragnarok, which is one of my favorite movies, by the way. It's great. Thor shows up on the planet. I can't remember what it's called, but he meets the Grandmaster, and Loki's there, and he's like, like, oh, you've only just gotten here. He's like, no, I've been here for weeks. Time passes a little differently here. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like Oakland. It's like, that's exactly right. no, he's been here for years. He's been here for a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. So and for those of you who haven't seen the movie, uh, the Grandmaster is Dr. Ian Malcolm. So Yes, it is. Yes. Very good. Perfect role. Perfect role for him. But <laughs> then you've got Buster Posey at 1,473, and he's 33. He's No, he's 34 years old. Yep. And then Brett Gardner is next, 1,445. He's definitely not going to get there especially the way he's been playing. I mean, this might be his last year. I'll be honest with you. But 
I don't know who's going to get there next because we don't have those kind of hitters anymore. The next, the one guy, the one guy who comes to mind who might get there is Juan Soto. Yeah. Because he's a dude who hits for average and he's young enough that he could accumulate them. Totally. Uh, it's crazy to think about <clears throat> that Miggy, that he's as old as he is because he's what? He's 38, right? 38, mm-hmm. 39? 39, yeah. And like it's that. taken him even this long to get there. Right. 3,000 is a big deal. 3,000 is a real big deal. 3,000 hits a huge deal. Yeah, I agree. So, Well, and that has to do with plate, plate appearances, plate discipline, and confidence. But let's get into base on balls, Brad, because base on balls has to do with plate discipline as well, but in a completely opposite direction, right? It takes a yeah. lot to lay off a pitch, and it takes a lot to lay off a pitch enough times successfully without getting caught to earn a free base, a free walk to first base. So a base on balls, for those of you that uh, maybe new, base on balls means a walk. It's the same thing as a walk. <clears throat> it means you base on four balls. Okay. So right now we are seeing the – let me just give you some context. All-time leader Barry Bonds. Okay. 2,558. Now let that sink in. 2,558 walks, (laughs) followed up by the next closest is Ricky Henderson. We're looking at 2,190. Brad, guess who's number three on the list for all-time walks? Um, I'm going to guess Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. No. It's the Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout? The wimpy deer himself. Yes, the great Bambino. The great Bambino. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and Someone 2062. To some lady <laughs> named Baby Ruthie. Yes, 2062 is the number three all time, right? So look at this. Ricky Henderson, Barry Bonds. So Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, and Babe Ruth. Guess who's number four? Teddy wow. Williams. Oh, really? 2021 just 40 or so shy of the bambino okay so and then there's a great list of other people of great all-time hitters joe morgan yaz tomy mantle ott thomas okay so let's talk active ball players right now we're looking at the next available milestone is 1500 base on balls okay and that's going to be albert pujols is the one hunting that one He's 157 walks away from getting there. Now, I don't think he's going to get there, to be honest. I don't think he's going to get there. (laughs) I don't think he's going to get there. So far this season, he's racked in, where is it? Nine. Nine? Nine in 2021. Nine times? Guess how many he had when he was in... That now that's with his time in in LA. 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 He hasn't okay. been in LA that long. No. Technically and, speaking. Correct. Now, when he was with Anaheim, he guess how many he pulled in during his time with Anaheim? Well, he didn't play a whole lot, so I'm gonna say less than 20. Three. Whoa. Three. You serious? I'm Just not three? kidding, dude. So he has 12 walks this year. Okay. In 
2020, guess how many he had? Take put this in your prayer and ponder it. Well, so he probably he played, only played like 39 45. games in 20. Okay. 39 games. Five walks. I'm going to go five. Nine. Nine. Okay, so let's go back to 2019. 131 games, which is, I think, respective of his later years average season numbers for base on balls. We're beating this horse dead. 27. 43. Well, okay. 43 in 2019 out of 131 games. The thing that's crazy about those is those are all pretty proportionate. They are. He's consistent. Yeah, he is. He's consistent. That's why I'm like 157. If he can stay healthy and stay in the stay in the game, if they'll give him plate appearances, he might get it in three seasons. Well, he doesn't have three seasons, <clears> but he's not going to he's not going to stick around three seasons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. No. So no now chance. the guess what? There's nobody else hunting 1500. The next closest milestone is 1000, and there are only two guys in the hunt. Because the next closest is in the hunt for 500. Seriously. Albert Pujols is on track to, or, you know, should he remain healthy? He's 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 hunting 1,500. He's hunting 1,500. Andrew McCutcheon and Mike Trout are the only two guys in line for 1,000. That's it. I think Trout will get it. it. The next guy is Jed Lowry, who needs 16 more to hit 500. That's the next guy. You believe wow. that? You talk about That's launch cool. angle and hitting for average or you know going out the window and now we're all focusing on home runs. People are not taking strike or they're not taking the balls. They're yeah, swinging they're away. Pitches. Okay. Which brings us Brig <clears throat> that I'm sorry, I'm going to take that opportunity perfect Run. segue to strikeouts. Now, this is we would consider this a dubious honor, right? To be the major Indeed. league leaders in strikeouts, it's it a Razzie. Yes. It is a little bit of a Razzie, but guys right now aren't—they don't care too much about striking out. There's like, ah, well, you know, I, I got out there, I swung as hard as I could, and didn't work out, right? You know, but this is the thing. So, th- this is the problem that we have, Brig. Is strike the fact that strikeouts are up so much is the problem that baseball has right now, and the guy, the active leader in strikeouts. Is Justin Upton with one thousand nine hundred and forty-six? Okay, so he has fifty-four more to go to reach two thousand, which would be the next mark, and really is like the the benchmark there, the milestone. Um, you got Reggie Jackson who has two thousand five hundred ninety-seven, Jim Tomey two thousand five hundred forty-eight, and then like yeah. San- and then you got Adam Dunn, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, Andres Galarraga, and then Justin Upton. Everybody above Upton has 2,000 or more. And those guys, I would consider them all power hitters. So, the, so yes. it was, they were going to strike out a lot. Like <clears throat> during the 90s, the power hitters struck out a ton, which was fine. But this is the thing, Brig. The next guy in line, the next active person in line is Miguel Cabrera. Oh, 1,911. So he's got 89 to go before reaching 2,000. And if he doesn't play next year, I don't think he'll. Well, even playing next year, I don't know if he'll get it. I don't know if he'll reach it because he's not a guy who strikes out. I was actually surprised that he was this high on the list. And I think it's just longevity, you know, yeah. because 
they always talk about how he's a guy who just doesn't strike out. And the fact that he's that high, the next guy in line is Chris Davis. He's retired and we all know what happened there after he, uh, you know, whatever, but, uh, but then you've got Joey Votto. Yeah. So then you yeah. go down to 15,000, 1500, got Joey Votto, 1,461. Another guy who you don't think strikes out often. Nope. I don't even know, man. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, Think about this but, for a but minute. But let me okay. say this. Let me say this. It's evidence of how the culture has shifted, right? Because mm-hmm. we're like, I don't even notice. That's mm-hmm. huge. That's indicative of a lot of culture change. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, it is. Um, but so, so keep track of Miguel Cabrera, I think is really the guy to watch. Like just enough that I couldn't even tell you who, who he plays for anymore. I think he's still playing for the uh the Angels, right? Justin Upton? I think so. I don't even know. I'm going to be honest I, with you. That's the thing is I know one of the Upton <clears throat> brothers is playing for the Angels. I couldn't tell you which one. Didn't he play I for don't... Oakland at one point? I don't remember. See, that's no, the so guy. He on is. The, He's these playing for guys, the right now. Okay. The, but these guys like this, they probably move around a lot of teams. Unless they're lifers like Miggy. Uh, no, Upton has only played for... Um, five teams and he's and he had a cup of coffee in san diego he played for detroit for a couple years atlanta for a couple years but he's been in arizona and and anaheim guy for most of his career so interesting because i would imagine these guys get shuffled a lot but apparently not it's interesting well and it's a long like i said it's a longevity thing that some of these guys uh because the thing about justin upton is he's a great leadoff hitter He's a very, very good leadoff hitter for the Angels. I think the problem hmm. he has is staying on the field. And there, and like I said, the reason I didn't know if he played for the Angels or not is because I knew one of the Upton brothers was there. I didn't know which one. <laughs> turns out. Well, you got one. me beat. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, but, but no, it's it's interesting though. Like Reggie Jackson at the top, but who who would you want to play in October? Reggie Jackson. Uh, yeah, Mister Mr. October. October yes. And it seems like he's either going to get a big hit for you, he's going to strike out, and then it's going to be pointless. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to look yeah. at those strikeout numbers. It is interesting. Well, I'm going to move break, on. Why don't you talk about another part of the game that's changed? Yeah, let's talk about stolen bases. And I alluded to this yeah. a little earlier when we talked about Ricky Henderson. He is the all-time MLB leader for stolen bases. He has 1,406. Holy crap. Let me say it again. 1,406 stolen bases over his career. It's untouchable, by the way. Um, I don't think anybody's going to get anywhere near that number anytime soon, uh, especially with like teams will still no. bases, but not, not anywhere near the frequency that somebody would need to to reach that number. Well, it's so situational. It's so circumstantial. It's so based on analytics right now. Whereas Ricky Henderson, they were like, do your thing, man. <laughs> like, dude, if you feel good about it, just make it happen. You know, and he was like, I feel good about it. And sometimes he got caught, but more often than not, he didn't get caught. So number two on this list, just let's put it into context, is Lou Brock. He's at 938. So the next guy on the list has 500 fewer give or take <laughs> 500 which is why which is why if we move over to the active list 
from move from the all-time list to the active list. We're looking at the 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 next milestone where Hunt doesn't even cover the gap between Lou Brock and Ricky Henderson. <laughs> is it three hundred? Is it three hundred? It's three hundred. <laughs> the next milestone is three hundred. Can you believe that the gap between number one and number two all time doesn't even come up on the active hunt list? Okay, let's talk about it. It's crazy. Starling Marte, the closest to three hundred with nine. He needs nine. Okay, I think he's. I think he's going to get it. Yeah, I don't think that's a big issue, especially in Oakland. He'll get it. Yeah. Well, Ricky Henderson's stomping grounds, right? Oh, yeah, and Ricky was at the game the other day. He was. He's always at the game. Ricky's Ricky always Henderson. there, man. Well, so he was right behind home plate. It was funny. So he was right behind home plate, and there was a camera right in front of his face. And so he <laughs> was, like, leaning. He kept having to lean <laughs> to see around. I'm like, why didn't you stick Ricky Henderson right behind a camera? And, like, yeah, field level at Ricky Henderson Field, but, like, view obstructed seating, right? Like, that's discounted seating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Gosh. Come on, Oakland. <laughs> All right, so the number there's only two guys who are above 200. Okay. Two. Is one Starling Marte is one of them. Right. Guess who the other one is? Um it's Mike Farn's Mike... favorite player of all time. Oh, I don't know who. Brett Gardner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that's, that. Mike. That's compiling. That's compiling is what that is. <laughs> that's a guy who's pushing 40. Oh, and yeah. Still likes to steal bases. <laughs> still capable, by the still way. Capable, mostly. Not yes. often. Depends on who he's running against. But yeah, yes, he yeah, still it can. does. It definitely does. He's He's only got 28 to go. I think we're pushing it. I don't think we're going to get there. I don't think he's going to get there. No, I think Marte will get there. I don't think he will. So no, who's next? Like who's who are the young guys? Andrew here? McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon is the no. next in line, and he's hunting no. two hundred. I don't think. But he's hold even on, two hundred. Andrew McCutcheon has one ninety seven, and that was for all you John Sterling fans. Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> one ninety seven. He has three to hit two hundred. Trey Turner is the next one, 197. He's got three. Uh, Gene Segura has 192. He's got to hit eight more, right? And then Cameron Mabin, Lorenzo Kane, Ian Desmond. Those are, those are the next on the list. Okay, so okay. there's but there's of they're list, hunting 200, not 300. I think I think Trey Turner will get 300. I can see. I that. really do. You think you'll get 300? I think you'll get 300. Okay. Yeah. Somebody who can slide that smooth, like there's something about the way he runs, the way he moves, he's gonna steal three hundred. He's so fast too. You know who? You know who else? I think if Otani keeps playing the way he is right now, might get there. Maybe because I mean he this year he's got forty home runs and twenty stolen bases. Yeah. So Trey Turner I mean, has I, led the league in stolen bases a couple of times. He did it in 2018 with 43. He did it in 2021 so far with 26 so far. 26! Brett Gardner has three. <laughs> He's also saying, Sorry, Gardy. You're good. We love you. It's fine. We, the royal we. But the royal we. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so far, he's got 26 stolen bases on the season. Trey Turner does. I I think you're right. I think he'll get he's 28. He's 28 years old. So, of course, there's plenty of time. There is lots of time. Okay, let's do this last one. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll take a break after games played because that's an issue. If you're not playing games, you're not going to reach any milestones. So let's talk games played. So obviously, Pete Rose is the top, the top of the list, top of the. Mountain with 3,562 games. Active leader. Active leader. We have Albert Pujols. Uh, he has 2,952. He needs 48 to reach that 3,000 games mark. Um, I don't know if he's going to get there. Because obviously there are not enough games left this season for him to get there. But it all depends on him coming back next year. Maybe he will come back on uh, like a minor league deal. Come up. And get his what he's gonna he's gonna need probably about twenty five games or so, twenty to twenty five games because I don't think he's gonna play every day this year. So maybe get those games and then call it. I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't necessarily know what his plans are. He's his wife said that he's retiring after this season. He said, "No, I'm not. I'm not retiring." <laughs> yeah, so, right. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there with Pujols. Um, he could get there, but the next guy in line is Joey Votto with 1,873. Yeah, so he's pushing for 2,000. I don't know that he's going to get there. Then Nelson Cruz is right behind him, 1,854. Um, he probably won't get there um, because he. We've seen like I'm. I'm telling you, man, he has not been good in Tampa Bay. Not been good. Not been playing. He was. I think he was on the COVID list for a little bit. It's been yeah. a rough go for Nelly in uh, in Tampa Bay. And then yeah. you get down to, like, you've got guys like Alcides Escobar, Ian Desmond, Dexter Fowler, Kyle Seeger, who are in the 1400s. Kyle Seeger is 33, and uh, and he's he's not going to get 3,000. He, he probably won't get 2,000, to be honest with you. Right. And, and he is—he's the veteran on the Mariners team. He's been with the club for te- for his entire ten-year career, and the fact—and he's missed a little bit of time with injury, but mostly he's been—he's been there. Yeah, you know, like he—he's been around. He's been an everyday guy. But it—it it feels like guys' careers, either a, they don't last long enough to get there, or b, because of days off, those numbers are chopped down. Because that's the thing—is that you know that. That wasn't something we saw. There's a reason that uh, that Cal Rifkin was able to set the Ironman record, right? Because he never took a day off. Now a manager would be like, "Cal, we need you to sit down. You know, you know, we need you to take a break." I don't care what you say. Yeah, and, but he can't. He's not. He can just run out there and play. You know, no. So, so if they're benching him for a day just to give him some rest, he's gonna he's gonna have to sit for the day. And uh, and we see that a whole lot more now, guys. Instead of playing 162 games every year, they're playing 150, 155, which 130. I think makes sense. 130 yeah. even, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know how many guys we're actually going to get to see hit 3,000 games. So it's going to be tough. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy because only really Cal Rifkin is at the bottom of the 3,000 club with 3,001. Yeah. Yep. And that and was number nine on the list. That might be last of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. Very well, yeah. could be. Let's take a Let's quick, take break. A quick we get break. We've got a yeah. few more Whoa. we want to get into. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. We've got a, we're going to talk home runs, wins, RBIs. We'll get into it. 
No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at NinePlusUs.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We're going to jump into some more milestones, and we promise we're going to try really hard to tighten this up a little bit for you because <laughs> we got into some shenanigans this last segment. And uh, for those of you still hang on, on, you deserve the best, so we'll give you the best. Okay, so <laughs> it's my turn to talk about innings pitched, and I'm very excited to do so because the MLB career leaders for innings pitched, you'll never guess who that is. There's Nolan an award Ryan. named after him. Oh, no. Cy Young, duh. What am I thinking? Cy Young, yeah. Cy Young. Cy Young, innings pitch, 7,356, okay? Sit down. The next guy has 6,003. No big deal. Yeah. All right, so let's move <laughs> move on over to – oh, and Walter Johnson's number three, by the way, in case you were wondering why. Nolan Ryan's number five on the list okay. at 5,386. Okay. Number five all time. For innings pitched for Nolan Ryan. Gaylord Perry is just shy of him by about 36, 36 innings pitched, by the way. That's pretty interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are a number of milestones here. We're going to leave it to three and 2,000. 3,000 and 2,000. First is 3,000. Okay. Okay. 12 innings away from 3,000. I feel like is very close. It's very, very attainable. 12 innings. We're looking at Justin Verlander. Not this year, it's not. No. But I still think it's attainable. It is, yeah. 12? Come on now. Well, I mean, he's Given, not, he hasn't pitched this year, so like or like recently. I know. So I don't think he's gonna so, get it this year. No, no, no. But it's attainable still. Yes. He's old. But he's not as old as the next guy. Okay. John Lester. Oh wow. Okay. John Lester, I think, is – I love John Lester. Do not get me wrong. But he just doesn't have that much time left. He's To, to obtain 3,000 innings pitched, he needs 300.7 innings. He's not yeah, going to get there. No. He's not getting 300 innings pitched. The next, the next guy on the list is Cole Hemmels. Also needs 302 innings pitched. No. I don't think he's going to make it. No. I don't think so. He's got 2,698, and he's behind John Lester by one inning. 2,699 is John Lester's number. Yeah, so real quick with John Lester. um, He averages each year. He averages about 200 innings pitched a year. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not going to. So he'd have to play two full seasons with the potential for injury and being sat down and whatever else going on. I don't know that he's got two full seasons left to work into that. Ah. He's 37. He's 37 years old. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying he's going to have to find some Nolan Ryan in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be rough. Same with Cole Hamels. I just it's it's more possible for Cole Hamels, but it's it's still going to be very very hard. So now you got to go to two thousand innings pitched for the next milestone. And there are only three guys hunting two thousand. We've got J. A. Happ. He needs one hundred thirty-two innings to to reach two thousand. I think he'll get there. I think so, but then that's mm. it, though. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting three thousand. Ian Kennedy needs 176 and a third. He could do that, maybe. Scott Casimir, I don't even know who that is. No, he's he's done. I mean, he's technically an active player. I think somebody picked him up this year, but he's been up and down and like in and out of the independent leagues. And yeah, he was actually even... pitching in the Olympics this year because nobody had him. He's a free agent, right? So I think he just hasn't officially retired, so he's considered active. <laughs> 303 and a third is what he needs to get to 2000. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that won't happen. So I'm not going to even get into the 1000 club. It doesn't matter. Not okay. when we're talking about three. All right. Very good. So let's go into, let's go into errors. I think this one will actually be a lot of fun bird because it puts a lot of perspective yeah. into the, the quality of defense that we're seeing these days. So yes. a, lot of the, a lot of these dead ball guys had over a thousand errors. Yeah. <laughs> So the leader, the all-time leader in errors committed, it was Herman Long, 1,096. 1,096 errors over the course of his career. His final game, Brig, was played uh, in 1904. <clears throat> now, if you had anybody on the field on track for 1,000 career errors, even over the course of he played 16 years, yeah, um, he would get booed out of the stadium. We talked about getting booed earlier. Yeah, he would get booed out of the stadium now because we're seeing yeah. defense played at such a high level. The current the current leader in errors committed is Evan Longoria with 149. Now he's yeah. got one more to reach the 150 mark, 150 milestone. But yeah. for him to crack even the top 250 list he would have <laughs> to double that amount over the course of his career which a he's way too good defensively he doesn't have that much time left in his career he's on the he's on the second half of his career which is fine um but he would have to catch chicken wolf and chick galloway who each have 304 <laughs> and i am of the belief brig that this <laughs> is the same person and he had 304 errors <laughs> committed and he said i'm not there is no way I'm catching Herman Long. So he changed his name, <laughs> came back as Chick, quote unquote, Chick Galloway. Galloway. And said, you know, you remind us, you look a lot like this guy we used to know, Chicken Wolf. And he's like, no, 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 no relation to Chicken Wolf. What a stupid name. <laughs> Galloway, please. I'm not named after some wimpy foul. No, 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 Chick. Bro. I got to be honest, it sounds like it went the other way, where his <laughs> real name is Chick Galloway, and he That's was like, no, nah, man, now I'm the artist formerly known as Chick Galloway. You can call me Chicken Wolf. That's true. If you had to pick a name, would you pick Chick Galloway or Chicken Wolf? Probably Chicken Wolf if your name was Chick. Yeah, Chick. of course. <laughs> what's a, so be more like this. So what's your name? Chick and Wolf. Wolf. What? Huh? 
Yeah, you ever heard of Steppenwolf? It's like that, but Chicken Wolf. Yeah, I'm I'm Chicken Wolf. Yeah, it's only okay, man. Four thousand years early for that. Chick Galloway, <laughs> aka Chicken Wolf. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna let it slide. Player manager said it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take his money, send him to the back of the line. But exactly. But currently, so like I said, Evan Evan Longoria is the current leader. Then you've got Alcides Escobar with 147, Albert Pujols with 147 as well. As Drew Comprera, who just got DFA'd, uh, had 144, Brandon Crawford 143, Gene Segura and Kyle Seeger and uh, Jonathan Villar all have 135. Now, I know for sure Kyle Seeger has at least has one gold glove. And for him to be in the top five, six, of guys uh, with errors currently active, like active. Yeah. um a it says like my my high school coach he's, he always said errors are going to happen as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing i don't care hmm. i don't care oh you see what i did there but, you don't care <laughs> did you say that i did say that <laughs> <laughs> all but, of you dads out there feel free to use that one <laughs> there when you you're go. teaching when you're teaching Teaching little league, we're coaching little league. Little league, that's right. <laughs> but, and while but you're at it, you should pick up baseball together T-shirts. There you go. Yes, you're right. You're right. But anyways, no. This is the, this is my thing though. As the defense is played at such a high level now, none of these guys are going to crack that list ever. No. If they do, no. like if they're ever on track, they're out of the league because they're a liability. So totally. Yeah, I just thought that was a funny funny thing to look at. It was errors. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Let's go back on a positive note. Okay, Brad. Can we talk about happy things now? Yes. Yes. We can. Let's talk about runs batted in. Okay. Runs batted in is an important statistic for all of the reasons, but most importantly because runs win ball games. You're so right. If you can bat that them in, <laughs> you're going to do great things. <laughs> All right, let's talk about all-time. We're talking MLB all-time. Do you know who? You don't. It's fine. Number one all-time is Hammer and Hank Aaron. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. 2,297. He was three shy of a clean 2,300 of RBIs. Next on the list is the Colossus of Clout. Also makes sense. That's where you repeat the Colossus of Clout. Yeah, I already did that once for you, Brick. It's a rule, Brad! <laughs> ah. The Colossus of Clout. Thank you. Anyway, he's number two on the all-time RBI list. That's, that's the point of this discussion. 2,214. Guess who number three is? Barry Bonds. Nope. Barry Bonds is number six. Good, okay. good thought. Who's number three? Cap Anson is number five. Number okay. four is A Rod. Alex Rodriguez. Okay. Who's number, number three? three. Number three, Brad, only needs 69 career RBIs to move into second place. And that is Albert Pujols. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Is right. Can you believe that? I can't believe Albert that. Albert Pujols. Very interesting. Hammer and Hank Aaron. And Albert Pujols for all-time RBI leaders. That is nuts. That is nuts. Okay. Now, he's at 2,145. Okay, Babe Ruth, 
2,214. You only need 69 to get there. All right. Now, if we're talking about back on the, the rest of the active list, Nelson Cruz is hunting 1250. So okay. let me let me do it again. Albert Pujols, 2145. Nelson mm-hmm. Cruz, next closest guy, who's in search of 1250. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. He needs 28 to hit 1250. Good for him. We're very excited. But Albert Pujols has over 2,000 and is almost the number two all-time RBI guy. My brain literally exploded. <laughs> literally exploded. Okay. Well, let's go into let's go into wins by pitcher. We'll end on this one. This will be the last one we do. Okay. Um, okay. It's just so, too exciting to handle. It is. It's so exciting. So the <laughs> the all-time wins leader. I mean, we all yeah. know who this is, right? Yeah. He's also the all-time loss leader. Same guy. Yeah. Shush. Um, shush. <laughs> I just it's, it's keeping it real. You got to keep, keep it real. On it. You know, one hundred. You know how we do around here. So it's Cy yeah. Young with five hundred and eleven. Okay, right. now the, our active leader, current active leader, is John Lester with one hundred and ninety-seven. Now, Brig. Yes, yes, Brad. Do you remember when Roger Clemens hit three hundred? Yes, that was a huge deal, right? Oh yeah, such a big deal. And right yep. now we have. Randy Johnson was the most recent pitcher to hit 300. He's got 303, Tom Glavin 305. Um, and let's see, Roger Clemens is number nine, speaking of which, with 354. John Lester has 197. Now, with the way they use pitchers, nobody, I don't think anybody ever, we're never going to see another 300 win pitcher again. Nope. Because you have, unless they change the requirements, nobody's, like, hardly anybody's pitching that long. Barely anybody gets through the fifth inning now. You, because Justin you have, Verlander, who's not even playing this season, is one of the only ones that ever does it anymore. And, and you know, this that's one of the things that's crazy is like Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners has gotten through the fifth inning several times this year. He pitched, in fact, he pitched a complete game, which is a big deal. You know, which is a big yeah, deal. It now. is a big deal. Yeah. Um, but even then, though, like if pitchers, if they have a rough second inning, so they have a rough second inning, it takes 25 pitches to get out of there. Yeah. The, your outing was shorted from like seven innings to six innings right there. And then if you have any trouble, oh, for in the sure. pit, you're done. Dude, you're done. most starting pitchers, once they hit like 80, the clock is ticking. It, 80 I think it's total. 100. I think it's 100 pitches. And then it's like finish the inning if it's possible, but definitely that's finish right. the batter and you're out. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Once they hit 80, everybody's like on the edge of their seat. That's when the manager's got his foot on the, you know, at the top step and he's hanging on that railing, like waiting to see what's going to happen once the once the pitcher hits 80. And bench coach, though, <clears> the you're right. The phone. Make the call, skip. Yeah. Make the call. Make the call, skip. That's right. But once you, you're right, once you hit 100 pitches, unless your name is Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, um, I and mean, Jacob DeGrom, can you think, I don't know how much he's going to go anymore. Right. But can you think of anybody else? Who else fits that category? Zach Granke. Masahiro Tanaka did. I think Zach Granke. Um, Zach Granke. Very good. Yeah. I think um, Chris Sale maybe could get back to that. I don't know if they're going to let him. I'm just saying he could. Him. He could. What about the only way uh, he could? The only way he could is he talked about teaching himself how to throw with his right hand while he was in rehab. 
That's the only way I could see him getting up to like 120 pitches again. What about Max Scherzer? Yes. He's the guy. Um, and uh, and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, yep. Maybe Mad Bum. Madison Bumgarner. Maybe. But the, the thing is, though, he's got to be better if he's going to get there. He's he exactly. He can't be doing it. Yes, he can't be yes. pitching the way he has been and still no. get up over a hundred pitches because there's no reason to keep him in with the way he's been pitching. But look at us digging. Now we're digging. We're like I don't know. The first handful of names, three, four were easy. Now we're like, well, it's not Jake Arietta. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just not right. So, yeah. and there are other guys like Giolito is. I don't know. Do they keep him in long enough? I don't think. I've so. watched the White Sox I mean, they, long enough to know. Might. I mean, it's Tony Larusa. He might be like, "Your arm's still attached to your shoulder." You can Fine. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, just put an F on there and let me go home. <laughs> exactly. Yep, for sure. But baseball fans, oh, let us great. know what you think about these milestones. Are there any that you would like to hear? I mean, we did leave some out for the sake of brevity because you're, you know, we're, yeah. we're in the whole thing. But um, <laughs> let us know if there's any that you actually want us to talk about sometime. You can dip into the mailbag. You can tweet us at baseball the number two together. Um, just get in touch with us. Let us know if, you, if there are any you want us to talk about or any of your thoughts on some of these. If you have somebody who you think might be the next in line to reach them, that would be fantastical. No doubt. Don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. Every week we plug it. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com, 9plusus.com. This hat that I'm wearing, for those of you watching on YouTube, is forthcoming and is yet to be released. I'm very excited about it. I will tell you more about it later. But obviously, Brad and I are both wearing our Baseball Together t-shirts. They come in every single team color with alternate opportunities so that you can wear your your kids' Little League team colors without actually repping the team you absolutely hate on the field but you can still be on the team and a member of the volunteer coaching staff or the official coaching staff whatever kind of parent you are and rep the team rep the club help support your kid but also you do not have to wear pinstripes if you don't want to. you do not have to that's wear right. the yankees logo it's a big deal, in, house. A big big deal, deal in brad's house. house actually that's where i got the idea baseball but, yeah. family that's where you get it nine plus us.com <laughs> And don't forget to jump in the mailbag. Like we said, send us your questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks, whatever you want to send our way. That You can find that in the link. Uh, there's a link to that in the description of every episode as well as on BaseballTogether.com. Up in the nav- Nagravation. I like Nagravation. Yeah, oh, I call man. it Nagravating sometimes because <laughs> it's aggravating. <laughs> it can be. But there's a link to the link to the mailbag up there send us send us your stuff and like subscribe rate and review the podcast we'll get out of here and we'll catch you next week Mm